need access to the Vatican archives. Professor, I don't think this is the appropriate moment. Your petition has been denied seven times. No, no, this, this, this has nothing to do with my work. The path of illumination is a hidden trail through Rome itself that leads to the Church of the Illumination, the place where the Illuminati would meet in secret. Ah, those movies, right? There is a lot about the Vatican that is shrouded in mystery, and it always has been. We assume like Tom Hanks did in that movie, that the Vatican archive is full of secrets from history. I mean, Dan Brown did write a couple of bestsellers about this. He made a fortune off this idea. And yet one man has been granted access to the archives. He has seen and read some of the, quote, secrets that are housed there. Obviously, we would want him to share that information, wouldn't we? And that is why Massimo Franco is with us now. Massimo is an Italian writer and author of Secretum, where he had access to the person in charge of the Vatican archives for decades. So let's find out what he learned. Massimo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored. Massimo, how did you persuade the Vatican's archivist to talk to you? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think it took some time because for many years I asked him to, to talk with me and to speak out about the mysteries of the, uh, 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 of the Vatican archives. I think that eventually he decided to do that because he's going to retire. So he wanted to leave a sign of his long, long activity there because he has been the prefect, which means the head of the Vatican archives since 1997. So he touched all the most delicate dossiers of the Vatican during these years. And did he talk to you about those delicate dossiers? What were you able to see and learn about? Well, you know, we had 32 conversations, recorded conversation, and a a similar number of informal conversation about some of the main subjects of the Vatican archives, from Galileo trial to Napoleon and the way in which Napoleon uh, stormed all the the archives and uh, carried them to Paris. And then, of course, the problem of the the Shoah, the silence of Pius XII. But just to let you understand, for instance, about the United States, there are documents in the book with copies of encrypted telegrams written in 1992 by some, by the Secretary of State of the Vatican to U.S. bishops, because when Benedict XV died in 1922, the Vatican realized that they had no money at all, because this pope had dilapidated, thrown away all the money. And they asked urgently for money to the U.S. bishops. And this money arrived with big surprise of U.S. bishops. And thanks to that dollars, they could organize the conclave. On the contrary, there would haven't been any conclave because there was no money at all. This is just one of the, of the subjects that we have. Wow. What, what was your favorite? I mean, if you love history, which clearly you do, and digging through this information, what was your favorite thing that you came across? Well, let me say that one of the most surprising things was that when we talked about Napoleon, I asked the, the prefect Pagano if something had been saved by uh, the, 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 storm, the storming of the Napoleon troops. 
And uh, he answered yes. He nodded. He made a round of the table where we were sitting, and he opened a, a cupboard where there was the petition of all English nobles, aristocrats, which in 1533 asked the Pope to know the marriage of Henry VIII. So he has in his room this document, which is a document attesting how these aristocrats asked the Pope to consent the divorce of Henry VIII. And there are all these wax signals, all with, with incisions inside. And I asked why some of them were empty. And he told me that is the fact, that depends on the fact that some of them didn't accept the request of Henry VIII. And I said, well, and so how did they end up? And the answer to me, they were all beheaded. Oh, they were all beheaded? Yeah, beheaded. Wow. They were killed. So all so, of this, you know, that's a lot of information in these archives that we haven't heard about or seen before. Massimo, I, always, I also want to ask you about World War II because there have been a lot of questions over the years about the Pope and the Vatican and what they knew or didn't know during World War II and their actions. What did you learn? Well, we learned that at the end of, of 1942, a German Jesuit, Lothar Koenig, wrote a letter to the secretary of Pius XII telling him that there were laggers in which Catholic uh, uh, Poles and Jews were killed. So the Vatican knew from the end of 1942. The problem, the big problem, the big question, the embarrassing question is why Pius XII didn't speak out against the Nazis. And what we understand from the, from the archive is that he didn't want to put in danger Catholics around Europe. But that doesn't suffice to justify his silence, not only during the war, but overall when the Second World War finished. Because if you can understand his... Uh, prudential behavior during the war, after the war, many people would have expected a, a, word, a clear word mm -hmm. in favor of the Shoah and against the Nazis. This is the big problem. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't fly with what we saw happen after the war there, too. What, what would you like to learn more about? What, did you, what made you curious? Well, you know, for instance... What is very interesting is that about the canonization of Pius XII, the big mistake was that the two Jesuits which had to prepare his canonization never went, never set their feet in the archives. So they didn't consult the documents. And this is a big limit for this process of canonization. This is something which astonished me. Second, I think that what is also very telling is that 
we are talking about the secret agreement between the Vatican and China of October 2018. But from the archives, we have news and we have documented news that when there were the protests in Hong Kong in July 2019, so one year after this agreement, the Vatican decided to move all its archive in Hong Kong from Hong Kong to Rome with a triangulation with Manila because they didn't want to create suspects in the Chinese police. It's very interesting. So it, it, it permits you to understand better what is uh, under the surface of official history. So do you have more access to this or is your access now done? Because I feel like I could spend days and weeks there reading some of this information. Well, uh, I hope I can have more and more access. But, you know, this suffices uh, to, to make people understand uh, that that is a sort of black box and a sort of memory of the Vatican, of the West, and I would say of the world. And it gives you a very clear, although superficial, sight and insight of what is happening and has happened in history. So this is the value. The value is first that there is a grantor of the reliability of these news, which, who is the, the prefect, Monsignor Pagano. Second, that he has decided to speak out at least about some of the mysteries of the Vatican. Well, thank you for sharing those with us this morning. It's very intriguing. We appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is Massimo Franco, the first person who was granted unprecedented access to the Vatican's archives, wrote a book about it called Secretum. Uh, some, I, I don't think I'd ever come out if I had access to that. I just want to sit down there reading documents, reading documents, because if you love history, there is no greater history really right now than what is down there in the Vatican's archives, is it?